Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. We will get to Lakers-Warriors Game 1 in just a bit. But first, a little bit of NFL news to discuss. The Packers and starting quarterback Jordan Love, they have agreed on a one-year contract extension, which is worth up to $22.5 million, including $13.5 million fully guaranteed. Uh, that's per ESPN and NFL Network. Uh, as ESPN writes, uh, this is not really a fifth-year option on Jordan Love. Uh, he would have been guaranteed roughly $20 million for the 2024 season had they exercised that option. Instead, Joe, it looks like that this is kind of a way to uh, hedge their respective bets, so to speak. Uh, the Packers can perhaps spend a little bit less as they try and figure out what they have in their starting quarterback. But Love can agree to this so that he can potentially make more money uh, after this contract expires. So everything they say publicly about how much they love Love and they're in good hands with Love moving forward, uh, they don't really believe in it. Otherwise, you exercise that fifth-year option. Right. And and I understand it. I'm not criticizing it. I think it's the right decision. They had to figure out at some point. I mean, it was just untenable. It's not, it's not going to continue with Rogers. We've talked enough about that. But um, yeah, what they are sending a signal. We believe in him, but we don't believe in him that much. We're not sure that he's going to be a franchise quarterback because he's in our building. We have more information than anybody else out there, but we're not 100 percent sure. And I thought they would uh, they would go and draft a quarterback higher than they did. And right now, on their depth chart, it's Jordan Love, and number two is Sean Clifford. So that is a scary proposition. Like if you like, I, I have made the case that value wise, just because I don't truly believe in any team in the division, that hey, maybe the Packers can put it together and some of their, their key players that have been injured over the last few years can actually stay healthy. No quarterback scares me in the division. I've made that case. But like if, if Jordan Love goes down or if he's awful, the Packers could be one of the worst teams at the NFL if, if the quarterback thing goes wrong. Yeah, in such a small sample size, it's like how can you give – him back him that much when he really hasn't done anything one touchdown in four games I mean hasn't been terrible but hasn't been good you really don't know what you're getting obviously they know much more than I do because they see him at the practice facility but still that's a tough situation uh for the Packers to be in uh <laughs> no more Aaron Rodgers you got to hope this guy's going to give you something this season mm-hmm I suppose you can kind of frame the idea that, okay, if we save a little bit of money there, then we can invest in, in say, you know, other places going forward. But at the same time, like Brad Spielberger uh, put it really, really well, I thought on Twitter when he said, uh, this is a sign of meh confidence from both parties. If mm -hmm. Green Bay thought he was that dude, they would exercise that fifth-year option. If Love thought he was that dude, he would say no thanks to this compromise and bet on himself. And right. as, as we've seen uh, the odds in this division, the Packers are in last place. 
in large part because I don't think any of us really know what Jordan Love is mm-hmm. capable of. Meanwhile, the Lions, you know, they look like they're in a good spot. The Bears have invested a good bit more. And the Vikings uh, are fresh off a fantastic season. And so where is the optimism when it comes to the Packers when you see something like this, where even Jordan Love seems to be okay with playing for incentives? I loved what I saw to Christian Watson last year. But the rest of it is, I don't know. Romeo Dobbs, a lot of people like him. Is he gonna is he gonna be great with Jordan Love? Is he gonna be very good, serviceable? I don't know. And there are a lot of rookies in that receiver room. So let me ask you this. I, I know you've got just an alien up in Minnesota at receiver, but could Love be the best quarterback in the division? <laughs> It's tough. I mean, we don't know, but I don't think so this Better year. Not, not with those receivers. Oh, I mean, that's the thing with Jeff because of Jefferson. Yeah, I don't know if it's because of Kirk. I mean, I can Jordan be the best quarterback? Maybe. Uh, I I don't think the bar is very high, at least not at this point. Uh, but I'm also a believer that Justin Fields has a lot of room for growth. And to yeah. me, it's that third year where you really know what you have and Fields is going into his third season. So I think there's still room there uh, with Cousins. It's got Jefferson and that's that's unbeatable yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Jerry Goff is the question, but as they start to use more play action in that offense, uh, he becomes his old self again. So I, I, I still think the bar is, you know, at a medium height. But still, though, you know, with that receiving core, he's got a long way to go. Now, Amon Ross St. Brown was awesome last year, too, for Jared mm-hmm. Goff. So if he could stay healthy, repeat that. It feels like when, when you look at that situation in Green Bay, it's going to be a lot of Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, <laughs> right? A lot of that. Can't wait to hit those props. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> What uh, what do we know about Sean Clifford, the fifth round quarterback? He sucks. That's what we know. He's terrible. He's te- Did he's not hear his ten. name much prepping for the draft. I can tell you that. So I don't no. know what his ceiling is. Yeah, no, I've uh, <laughs> I've seen enough of him. No, he stinks. He's terrible. Okay. Um. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. I saw enough Big Ten basketball football with him and. It, it was not great. It was not great. So I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know why they drafted him. Like, he's not. There's nothing. I was there. actually trying to find an article defending it. Um, surely See? someone saw something, <laughs> but I don't know no, what. You won't find a Horvy tweet defending it. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I like it. Oh, man. Nice. All right, uh, let's move on to uh, the Lakers and the Warriors as we uh, return to the NBA playoff conversation. Warriors are four and a half point favorites at home here in this game one. Six seed versus a seven seed. Don't have to worry about the Warriors' road woes because the Warriors have home court advantage. Total 227 and a half. Aaron, anything sticking out as far as uh, this game one is concerned? Yeah, so I did bet the under, and I'm thinking... Gosh, should I do it? Lay the four and a half. Why do I feel like most people are on the Lakers now? Just because they're the underdogs here, take the points. 
plus I, five I think the, I'm seeing I now. Think the quick, I think the quick turnaround is a big part of it. Quick yeah. turnaround, rest advantage for the Lakers, and the Lakers have been a lot better in the second half since they made uh, their personnel changes. So I, I think that that's part of it. I mean, you had that emotional 50 from Steph, and now boom, okay, get get in it, go sleep, and then coming right back to it. Now here come the Lakers coming to town. But we know a great, great Golden State uh, certainly is at home. But, uh, yeah, I think that's it, though, the rest advantage that you have for the Lakers. Yeah, I've definitely been hearing about that. I, de- I have not bet the side, but I really like the under 228. I bet that this morning just because the Lakers have been playing very well defensively, and I think 228 is just a lot. I could see this being, you know, first game of the series, figuring each other out a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. You know, maybe the, the shooting is a little off for the Warriors because they're a little bit run down. You never know. So 228 is my favorite play here under. I want to look at the pace of play a little bit, especially uh, what the Lakers have done since the trade deadline, because like you talked about, they've, they've added a lot of pieces and suddenly they're an okay shooting team. They're not great. They're not, you know, one of the playoff favorites as far as that's concerned, but definitely they were better than they were at the start of the season. One of the reasons why, if you're looking at the series overall, why, why I think the favorites and the Warriors uh, are in a pretty good spot. It's the screen game. The big question with the Warriors has always been, okay, Steph Curry is a great shooter, but why is he open so much? Why don't you defend Steph Curry more so that he's not able to make all of these miraculous uh, three-pointers or these and-ones in the paint or whatever it is? Well, it's because the screen game is so elite. Kevon Looney averages 8.7 screens a game for Steph Curry and averages 1.23 points per possession. That's really good. Draymond Green sets seven and a half screens per game for Steph Curry, and that leads to 1.28 points per possession. Again, really, really good. These would be top 10 marks in the NBA as far as points per possession is concerned in the playoffs. And when Draymond or Kevon Looney setting screens for Steph Curry, then good things happen. Even if Curry doesn't make his jump shot, they still have the ability to get, say, a, a stick back or something like that. So... When you look at the complexity of this offense, Aaron, that to me is something that's going to be really, really hard to defend. And personnel-wise, I I don't know if the Lakers have ways to defend such things. To me, you know, we talked about Steph Curry having that phenomenal Game 7. He's still in a good position to do it a few more times in this upcoming series. One more point, as you were talking, I looked at team rankings and the Warriors uh, at home, their unders hit 59.5% and the Lakers as an away team, their under hits at 61.4%. So that could be something to take. Actually, sorry, they're over hit 61.4%, but the mm-hmm. Warriors mm-hmm. at home, their under hits at almost 60%. So I think I'm mm-hmm. I'm feeling better and better about the under here. If you're leaning into the angle of quick turnaround, I wonder if there's going to be some first half plays because people are scared to go against Golden State when they're at home for a full game. And we know how they typically come out in the second half for years and years. People have been betting that angle. By the way, we mentioned it yesterday, and I think it's worth bringing up because uh, Phoenix was 0-6 in the first half going into last night. 
They they obviously lost the game. They only scored 87 points, but they did cover in that first half. So uh, so if you were following that trend, that one ended up, ended up dying. Um, it's two and a half of the first half. If you want to take the, the Lakers, uh, you're getting two and a half. But I mentioned it with Rick. One thing that I'm paying close attention to, I'm not sure that I'm going to bet it tonight. I might, I kind of want to see how it plays out in Gate One, but I'm really interested with the bigs. AD um, last series, he averaged 13.7 rebounds per game, and that's a tough matchup. You had Jaron Jer- Jackson Jr. on the other side, but he was still getting 14 boards per game. So what do they do? Obviously, AD's prop is 13 and a half rebounds tonight, and then Looney, he's had three 20-plus rebound games. Over the last five. Now, certainly a uh, much different matchup when you go against Sacramento, and the defense has been the problem there all season. But uh, the prop for Looney, not posted at most places. I see one that has it. It's 12 and a half based on, based on what he's done. But So that's something I, I want to keep an eye on, how that plays out a little bit over the series. Do you guys expect them to continue to bring Draymond off the bench? I don't. I, I don't. Did I think defensively, just... he just. Yeah, I, I think defensively, he just matters too much. You know, mention the screen yeah. game for Steph. I think, you know, defensively, you need to figure out some ways to, you know, even on switches, throw something uh, at James and at AD to where I go. I, I think this is the time when he's going to be playing more minutes and, and, you know, probably carries that bigger defensive role uh, that we should expect from him. Hmm. You know, that's that's the story about Draymond wanting to go visit uh, and cheer on LeBron. Did you guys see that when he was breaking the <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, scoring record? And Steve Kerr was like, "Yeah, it's not a good look for our team if you go and do that." We've got a Portland game, and we're trying to make the playoffs right now, so please don't go. And he's like, "Okay, okay," but it, I think it's interesting that he's going up against like his buddy in this series too. You know, just talking about him. Will that motivate him to put on more of a performance? Possibly. What do you guys think about that narrative? Is he going to be as much of an agitator as he or typically will it be is? A little softer. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But, I, but that's aren't, interesting. Are, aren't your friends the ones who know how to get under your skin better than your enemies because they know you better? Like they know. And you the want to beat them more. And you want to beat them. Exactly. I think it would motivate me because it's like you don't want to have a poor performance against someone you respect, you know, you support, who's your buddy. You're like, listen, let's both go out and have good series, right? He's not going to want to take his foot off the gas here. We we the the narrative that we heard a lot about last series that we haven't been hearing about because it didn't hit. Oh, LeBron always loses game one. I haven't been hearing a lot about that unless you guys have. Uh, against no. Memphis, they ended up winning game one. So, uh, yeah, yeah. If, the, if the Lakers lose tonight, you know, they're going to be throwing that one back out there. Of course. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, this, this is one where, you know, I don't know if the home court advantage will matter as much, but definitely, you know, Draymond's going to be a little bit more motivated. I expect him to play more minutes. It, it'll be fun watching him this series, as well as, you know, LeBron mm-hmm. and Steph and all of that good stuff. Clay Thompson's role will also be interesting uh, here. Mm-hmm. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, MLB Dream joins us to break down tonight's MLB card. And we'll have a little conversation about Bryce Harper right here on the BetQL Network.